Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wheel of What? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Wheel of What? And what the hell are you trying to scratch there? You don't have any real beard hair. Come on now. That's like a wannabe beard. Uh, Okay, 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 whatever. So we are back with another chapter. We are on chapter 38. That is... <laughs> trying to keep a straight face, and I can't... It's really difficult. <laughs> hey, man, look. I had a couple months to grow that, okay? Well, at least you can grow one in a couple of months. You know, th this guy over oh, no, here. No, no, it was it was full mountain man after like three weeks. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we are in a chapter <laughs> simply titled "Rescue." Um, are we gonna have Murdoch and the rest of the A team show up? Dude. Yeah, no, I think I might prefer the Rescue Rangers. They have a bunch of little chipmunks and squirrels and stuff like that come flying in on a really... Come on. You got one of them wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and the other one looking like Indiana Jones. I mean, it's like you got Magnum P.I. versus Indiana Jones, but they're chipmunks. You can't go wrong. That's just like an awesome little combination. And then they would be flying into a camp with 200 white cloaks. Oh, Lord. <laughs> as long as Richard Gere's not in there, we're good. Oh God. <laughs> Except for the fact that a bleach bottle and a balloon would be really suspect in this particular uh, world. Okay, so a sheep stomach inflated. <laughs> oh you know, god the haggis without the meat in it <laughs> yeah yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. um so this one is um we're catching up with Perrin and Egwene finally catching up with Perrin and Egwene last chapter we had Nynaeve, Landon, and Moraine now we got what's actually going on this is kind of simultaneous with the other chapter um Perrin gets woken up by oh god, what's his name? Byar? Byar. Byar. This guy straight gives me the creeps. Yeah. He's and, designed and to. He, he's designed to, and the author did a fantastic job of Portraying the fact that he should absolutely give anybody that reads or hears about him the willies. And I just, the, the, 
I'm picturing him in his conversations about horrible things doing so like if I were to the personality I picture doing this would be somebody like um oh god what's his face that did Hannibal Lecter oh um oh crap why did you have to say that <laughs> now see the thing is the, the personality, picture... not necessarily him, but okay. the personality. That that uh, cold Anthony way, Anthony Hopkins, that cold way that he just described horrible and atrocious things and just then... But I almost want to see it with Steve Buscemi's face. Steve Buscemi? Ooh, that would be weird. That's the point. But, and yeah, no. We've got Forrest no. Whitaker eye over there. Way to go, Ray. <laughs> I don't know how you did that voluntarily. Or or you know, if I were to picture somebody, um oh god, he's the he's a director slash actor. He does um Desperado, um Quentin Tarantino on Quentin Tarantino. He would be a good one to play this guy. Ooh. Like we're not gonna get him. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. But if 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 wishes were were you know reality, then then that would kind of be the perfect fill in for that slot. Like I could totally see him pulling off the just casually describing the way that they were going to pull the fingernails out of their Culture, hands. Yeah, you know, it just. You know, and, and 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 it's not like they were getting any pleasure out of it, just the way it's described in the book. It's like, it's not that he's getting any pleasure out of it. He doesn't get anything out of describing or being evil or cruel. He just is. He just is. And let you me know. reiterate that I think Billy Connolly, without the accent, well, hell, even with the accent, would make a perfect Tom Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah no and and, and you know the the first the the Can first you season, Quentin Tarantino went back and did season one of Game of Thrones. <laughs> the level of blood would be way higher. The sex would be way kinkier. Um, <laughs> season one of The Witcher. Quentin Tarantino directs The Witcher. Right, that would be another like. Damn. Damn. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you know what? Give Tarantino the Shannara series. Let that just reboot that. Let him do that and, and redeem it. <laughs> you, you want your kinky dominatrix female whatever's let Tarantino have a hand of that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Does uh, that even exist anymore? Uh, yeah, they still have they still have the clarification between PG thirteen and R and X, and I don't get seventeen and C seventeen. They have they still have them all, and and what. <laughs> well, well, no, and it's it's something that they that he Perrin describes it as it happens without provocation. The way he describes things, and and Egwene doesn't necessarily believe the stories he's telling you are true, but Perrin absolutely does. He's absolutely convinced that this guy is telling the truth because he doesn't care. Like, complete sociopath, a complete disconnect with, with empathy and, and care. I wonder what he smells like. Now he's not the one actively doing guard duty because you know what he's got a couple of stars on his on his lapel, um, right, right. But he you got to give the man props for looking out for his soldiers. Right, right. No, absolutely. Now it's he misguided doing the right thing. It's misguided. And see, now that's the thing. It's no, and, and I don't remember where I've heard this. I might have heard it in multiple different places. No evil person believes they're evil. Well, not just that, but this entire series, this entire series is, is a treatise for X thinking they're doing the right thing. Right. He thinks he's doing the right thing and doing what needs to be done in order to protect the world. He's doing so in a completely misguided and totally evil way. Mm -hmm. Same. Same thing. They might as well have conical hats on. Southern Baptist. That reminds me of pretty much every religion. So it's it's it, that's me. But I I was just gonna I was gonna take a, a jab at the Southern Baptist just because they're easy to pick on. But yeah, it's every religion pretty much. Yeah, and and, and no, if you wanted to take a stab at some at one that's truly wrong, that if I were to compare the white cloaks to, cloaks to anybody, it would be Westboro Baptist. Ooh. Complete fanaticism. Anybody that does not believe as they are, they do, are going to suffer and burn for eternity in hell and should. They are all servants of the Dark One if they are not complete devout to their belief system. I will see them in Shia Ghoul. Right. 
<laughs> I'm glad you didn't say fish fry because the Lutherans are pretty legit, man. Let's just leave them out. <laughs> this is this is true. Ooh, but... If you're getting into the barbecue argument, yeah, I can understand. Basically, it's the if you don't do it the way that I grew up with, then you're wrong. Right. Mm. Right, because everybody loves to eat, and 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 a barbecue is always a barbecue is always a barbecue, which is good, even if it's not. We we've got near meat, the the the, the miracle meat. That stuff is weird. Like it tastes like meat. Like, hey, 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 don't be knocking tofu. We've actually got a place out here that does barbecue tofu nachos that I swear is the same consistency as pulled pork, and it's actually really good. Oh, no, no, I'm not doubting yeah. it, dude. Have you ever had that Miracle Burger at Burger King? I, I, I won't touch that. I'm sorry. I mean, I barely touch the meat that comes out of Burger King to begin with. The, it actually tastes like a Whopper. Like, it really it tastes like a Whopper. It tastes like a Whopper. Okay. He's trying so, to. So he, no, what he's trying to do is trying to entrap Perrin. And, and Perrin is smart. Now, he may be slow, but he's slow for a reason. Um, His big hulking ass doesn't want to hurt anybody, so he's got to think everything through. Right. Right. And by the way, the better half in the back corrected me. It's the Impossible Burger, not the Miracle Burger. Ah. Um, but hi, Brandy. And Ben says hi. Um, the the way that Perrin figures it is that because by Byron or by Bayer, Bayer, because he thoroughly believes that Perrin and Egwene are dark friends, he would never let them go. Just period. He may convince them that he is to save time, because if if it means he gets to kill a dark friend, he is willing to lie. And that is one of the one of the issues of, of fanaticism that always gets me. It's okay. It's never okay to lie to them, but if they lie in order to serve their ends, exactly. And this this is a classic example of that, where he gives them a way to get away: the sharp rock, so he can cut he can cut his vines. I remember when I read that, I was sitting here thinking, you just want a reason to shoot this guy in the back with an arrow. Exactly. You want, you want a reason to cut him down as he's escaping. Exactly. And that's what Perrin figures out. Perrin's like, hmm, why is, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? He wants this? to kill your ass. And, and that's the same conclusion that Perrin comes to. 
And in order he's, to, he's one of my favorite characters. Right, he's a smart, smart motherfucker. So, in in order to stall him, he starts to say, "I want to say something." And then, right as he says that, he gets interrupted by his friends. Popper talks to him. Popper's my boy. Popper's awesome. Popper's a wolf. Popper um, and Dapple. Popper and Dapple. And the the message is simple. Help comes. Help comes. Yes. Like that ought to be like the motto for the book. Help comes. This whole series, or this whole first book, help comes. The- you know what? That would be one of those where we need... I- I'm going to find the old tongue for that. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not the biggest fan of ink that is words, but that would be one of those that I would probably get. Yeah. Help comes. That That would be That would be a worthy one. And in that short discussion that he has with the wolf, he finds out that uh, Elias is alive, recovering in a cave someplace. Um, But Baron doesn't know what form that help is coming in. He thinks it's Elias. And he gets a smile on his face, and Bayar is like, what did you just think of? A thought just entered your mind. I would know what it is. And before Perrin has a chance to answer is when shit really starts popping off. And I have to tell you that so far of the scenes that we've read, like I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff in this series. So far in the scenes that we've read, this one is what solidifies land being a Asian kung fu master motherfucker. And two, this is the one that I want to see on film. This scene. Because as the description is, where a parent is sitting there talking to Bayar, and one of the guards disappears into the dark. Another guard turns around to see what's going on, and before he can say the say a single word, he's out like a light. Bayar turns around, whirling the axe fast as hell, and 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 Land just kind of casually dodges out of the side and knocks his ass out cold. I just want to see that scene on film. That's just gonna be beautiful. If they do it right. See him go all like Neo dodge. Yeah. You know, you know what? You know what? Don't even go Neo. Take it even further back. Go to Remo Williams Chun. Yeah. Yeah. Just the casual. Uh, whatever. You know, he was already moving that way. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 sorry. Sorry to date myself there, but I had a. Uh, when I was waiting tables way back when, I had a manager who told me that I moved like Troon when I had the uh, the tray. 
I had to go back and actually watch the movie to realize what he was talking about. I was thinking Kung Fu. No. I was straight thinking Kung Fu. Like the old, uh, like the... Oh, I know. Um, David Carradine. I get that. But if you go... Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the movie is the movie is Remo Williams, and it was the little Korean or Vietnamese uh, Kung Fu ma- or whatever style it was who was teaching right right no i know yeah. exactly what you're talking about and he had uh, he had that that movement style of just like fluidity around everything and apparently that's what i had when i had a tray full of food working my way through the restaurant right oh god what is the um no there's too many uh too many vowels um yeah. cast. There we go. Spiazia. It just doesn't sound right. Gilmore. I know. I was looking it up. You didn't give me time. Bill Nelson. God, the cast that I'm trying to actually picture who the um as I see Remo, Fred Ward. Right. And who was um who? Joel Gray. Which is weird because it's an American. Why would you have that dude? Right, right. And and I'm just like looking at that going, but but yeah, no, the the I I totally get the um the um oh that's why okay massive makeup dude i totally forgot anthony hopkins was in that movie like talk about who was in it like anthony hopkins was in that movie yeah and we were just discussing Anthony Hopkins with, with you know, the, the, the attitude of, of Bayar. Um, but yeah, no, I th- that is, like, of the scenes so far in the series, that's, like, the perfect, like, ninja action. Like, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be so slick if they do it right. Now, the other curiosity I have is, how are they going to do Lan's cloak? Like, especially in a scene like this, like, his cloak is supposed to, like, almost get lost in shadow? Uh, if he stands still for of, too long? Combination of Predator. No, no, he was wearing his cloak. They grabbed after it. They grabbed after the fact. They grabbed after the fact to get out. Um, but your question regarding how would they do the warder's cloaks would probably be something like the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter mixed with, like, marine digital camo. Okay. Okay. Because I don't want it to be... I don't want it to be too... CGI. Two CGI. Like I don't want it I don't picture it being complete invisibility. 
I picture it being like that, that almost like it just blends more like uh, oh, no, no, more no, no, of the no, Rings. No, 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 no. Yep, 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 yep. The uh, the cloak, the rock slide. Yes. Yeah. More like the Lord of the Rings, where where if you look really careful, you can see it, but you have to look really good. No, no, we're talking we're, we're not... Elven cloak that Sam Gamgee pulled over in the middle of a rock slide and made it look like a boulder. Right. So, and, and that's what I'm hoping they do because that's kind of the way it's described in the book. Where if you look at it, it, it disturbs the eyes when you look at it, and and it just the the edges of it kind of fuzz into blends this. in with everything. Yeah, and that way you get more of the Jim Henson slash Jurassic Park slash early original Star Wars trilogy practical uh, uh, effects versus right. CGI. Yeah. And, and it it's so much more believable. And it may still be CGI because I don't think there's anything in the natural world that can quite emulate that. I mean, they can get close, but it needs to be able to do it in any background. So here's and, a here's a little secret about CGI. Any and every dog that you've seen on a movie has had their mm-hmm. tail wagging CGI'd. Because they're just so happy. They're wagging their tails. Yeah, yeah, I can totally picture that. Now I'm going to be looking for it. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, we've derailed that like an Amtrak. What were you going to say, Ray? <laughs> mm-hmm. We're running to the forest. We're running to the forest. Uh, hey, hey, you looking for some picnic baskets? Would it be Yogi Bear? Would it be Trollic Troy? Uh, right. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Demento Existential Blues came into my head as soon as you said running through the forest. No, and, and see, now, when you say running through the forest, I'm picturing um, uh, Jennifer's body through the trees. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they don't run into Maureen. First off, they uh, Land told, tells them grab cloaks, so they grab the the cloaks from the two guards, and they grab the cloak from Bayar. Um, of course, because of dramatic effect, and and you know it's because of dramatic effect, Heron ends up with Bayar's cloak. Of course, I mean, w- would he end up with anybody else? It's like. Land would be the perfect match for the for the high ranking one because he knows how to be that. But because of the tension between those two, that's I mean, why. Why don't they just go fuck already? 
<laughs> Wait, wrong tension? Yeah, right. Wrong wrong kind of tension. Um so so they're sneaking they're running through the camp and through the chaos, you know, almost nobody even meant pays attention to them. Um and then they get to the edge of the camp and they find Moraine. Nynaeve is not back yet. Now, Nynaeve has said, or not Nynaeve, but uh, Moraine has said to Nynaeve, please be careful. I would not have you harmed any more than anybody else from Two Rivers because at this point, you are all part of the weave. You are all part of this. And but because Nynaeve is not back yet, he's like, well, um, we got to go. But we have another foreshadowing of the attachment between Lan and Nynaeve. Orion says, Nynaeve is not back. Something must have happened. Lan's very first reaction. He turns to go get her. Like, not even a pause, not even a word, nothing. Just, I'm going to go get her. Now, I understand never leaving, you don't leave somebody behind. But in this situation, there are 200 motherfuckers that are pissed off that their horses are gone. And you think you're going to get back through that area with unharmed? No, not going to happen. Lan knows this, and he's about to turn around and go after Nynaeve. That's not just friend. That's not just foreshadowing either. Right. That's not friend. That's not just friend. That's not just foreshadowing. That's like, okay, there's something going on here. Neither one of them are willing to admit it, but there's something going on here. But we all know it. Well, you and I know it. We're 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 totally doing spoiler action. It's early in the series, I knew it. Yeah, we're we're totally yeah. But there's that going on. I'm trying to think if if anything else happens. Yeah, because there's a lot more going on here that that um. Nynaeve does come out of the shadows, though. <laughs> I wish people could actually see the video for this. One of these days, we're going to have to do like a live pa- live cast of uh, of this onto YouTube. It'll be hilarious. Just for the um, background shenanigans. Yeah, just for the background shenanigans. Um, so Nynaeve, Nynaeve does bust out of the shadows, and she's She's carting with her. Of course, she rescued Bella. My girl. You do know that Bella is like the main center, like like she's the main character of the book, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, no. This this is not a Disney <laughs> production. No, 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 no. This is a giant flying space stick production. Right. Um. Yes. So, of course, um, Nynaeve checks out Perrin and puts some ointments out of her containers and bottles and bags and whatever on, on Perrin, which, of course, hurts, but instantly heals him. Example number 5,000 that Nynaeve is actually a channel, channel channeler speaking words. Spoilers. Um, that's not even spoilers, though, because she's already been told that she can channel. Fair enough. And she's already been told that she's established some kind of loose control over it through her healing efforts. Hence the reason why she's not dead. Because well, the natural sure as hell would have done that. The natural progression of stuff is if you don't gain some kind of control over it after you channel you the first die. time, you you gonna die. <laughs> now you've got that, okay, now you've got that first song stuck in my head. Now, Brute Squad <laughs> got that one stuck in my head years ago. Heal my wounds. Yeah. Um. But he does bring up a really good point. This is the first time it's really been brought up. Aaron's eyes are different. His eyes are now the yellow of a wolf's eye. Now, that's another minor effect I cannot wait to see. Okay, copyright, copyright. <laughs> but Perrin's eyes are now the color of a wolf's eyes. And I'm guessing that the cat just farted right next to Ray because he's he's making the, the complete stank face. Gas, gas, gas. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> did it get in your mouth? Can you taste it? <laughs> Times when I'm glad that we're not recording in person. Um, exactly. Um, so the the outward sign that Perrin is a <laughs> the outward sign that Perrin is a wolf brother is his eyes are that of a wolf's. And that is another one that I really hope that they put into the series on well, they film. Will. They have they, to. They have to because it's 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 such an iconic part. How are you gonna keep how are you gonna keep Longtooth and Young Bull out of that? Right. Now it, hey, hey, you're you're giving up names that aren't there yet. Um You didn't have to highlight it. Good. The, Forget the um 
<laughs> the part that I'm hoping is they do it subtly because they should not. It's not. I don't picture oh, like it being the color something shift like, over several episodes or several episodes leading up to that. Right, and then it's not something that like it has to look real. Like it, it doesn't. It shouldn't be like a jarring yellow. It should be yellow, yes, but not like you see this person's eyes glowing from across the room. Except, to, except of course at night when you know wolf's eyes should glow. Yeah. Um, but. So make everybody brown, blue, or green eyes, and then at the beginning start his off with say blue eyes with little bits of golden flecks. As he progresses through, the golden flecks get bigger, and then you turn kind of has that shift. Right. Right. Right, because there's nothing to cure. There's nothing wrong with him, per se. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah. He he totally does an Uncle Lan thing. Come sit down with your Uncle Lan. You know, he, he totally does that. And, and right, and what what I what what I appreciate is the fact that you have <laughs> that you have the stoic, silent, stern land. You know the 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 kung fu master, the swords master, the 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 fighter. The stoic, silent, kind of scary guy. But he's not the Geralt of Rivia. Right. He is he is the total Geralt of Rivia in this series. No, he that's that's not really that's not really how it happens. It it what it is is that he knows what it is. He knows what it is, and what he asks Perrin is, did you find a guide or someone to lead you to this? And Perrin brings up Elias. Which oh my god, we have a reaction from Lan. Lan reacted to something. I mean, his version of a reaction, like a, a, an amazing shock to him, is his eyes blink. You know, <laughs> um, wait, did I just get? Nope, you're still in the chapter. But basically, um, breakfast. <laughs> Actually, this next chapter is going back to uh, yeah something else, but um the the other thing is that to have land react to something is just a surprise in itself. 
but we get a little backstory on that because now we know by him. that yeah he, he learned some of what it was to be a warder from Elias now you and I Ben know that Lan was no slouch True. even before that um Ray, you're not allowed to read the prequel stuff until at least book four. Um, <laughs> five. Five. You have to finish book five before you can start New Spring. <clears throat> right. <laughs> because you, you don't... You, there, there's so much that you have to understand before then for New Spring to even make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, are we though? <laughs> are we? Oh, but you know, you realize, of course, that sometime either this week or next week, as far as when the listeners get to get a hold of this episode, we're going to be having the new um, the the series on Amazon is going to premiere. And so, speaking of New Spring and the series on Amazon, I've been reading that they're kind of combining the two. Doing little flashback sessions? Uh, not flashback sessions, but enough backtracking leading into it because you've got cast characters that show up in New Spring that are showing up on IMDb for season one. Mm-hmm. It's like they're taking a step back. No, well, first off, they've already they've already uh, solidified and guaranteed a season two, but I think what's probably going to happen is we're going to get flashbacks flashback sessions to events that happened in New Spring, things that happened in, in New Spring, and, and and I'm like trying not to like blah blah blah, blah. um, but. And the first season is supposedly going to cover, like, the first two books. So, thank goodness we're way ahead of schedule so that we'll actually be somewhat into the second book by the time the first season comes How out. How the hell but... are you going to f- cover the first two? I mean, I get he's wordy and everything, but... Like, well, when you, when one... you really think about it, when you really think about it, these two chapters probably happened in in less than an episode. True, but he's got a point. Right, because you can see, like, it it takes you one second to see from Nynaeve's perspective. 200 troops in the camp, yeah, I get that. What I want to know is how they're going to screenplay internal monologues. I hope they don't do, like, the cheesy, like, Little echo voiceover with nobody speaking. It's better than nothing like they did with Blade Runner. Like you have 20 minutes of Harrison Ford looking off into the sunset. That's originally was supposed to have had like exposition overtones that just got cut out. And it's just like Harrison Ford looking slick off into the sunset. Well, it's hard for Harrison Ford not to look slick, but still seriously. Um, 
Right. Oof. The the red Aja was mentioned, and then it was just dropped. Um, the red Aja, the best description I can give right now without giving story away. No, no, no. Damn the the Atlantis Morissette of the Aes Sedai. That no. that. No, no, I actually have respect for Lannis. Right, but but think about this. If you were the only guy in an Alanis Morissette concert. No, no, Tori Amos. Because her words aren't, ne the, the lyrics and stuff of her song aren't necessarily that evil man. I mean, like the entire album of Boys for Pele is, well, at one point she brings up weasels. But... Um, like she's got like this weird eclectic lyric thing. Lannis Morissette, the entire thing is how evil this guy is that is cheating on her. Okay. By the end of an Alanis Morissette concert, every single woman's eye in that audience, now no matter how good her music is, every single woman's eye in that audience is going to be looking at the only man in the audience. Right. So I have total respect for Lannis Morissette, and, and I totally believe that she's had some really jacked up relationships. But she's had some really jacked up relationships, and because of that, that's what her music is centered around. <laughs> yes, but she's normal with, with, with the talent to be able to tell the entire world about it in a way that's going to make everybody hate the man that she was with. So on that note, I respect Alanis Morissette over Taylor Swift for the same shit. Because Alanis did it better. Fact. I hate um, Fact. But that's also showing our age because Taylor Swift is a new generation. Alanis Morissette is ours. Um, the, you mentioned Tori but, Amos now. Most people don't even know who you're talking about. Right, no, most people don't even know who Tori Amos is, but that's unfortunate. Here's another one is... for you, Bjork. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I spoke to her dad. What? I spoke to her dad. I lived in really? Iceland for two years. Oh, well, fair enough. I got to meet her dad. It, it was, like, totally off-kilter. Off like, like it was, like, a, a side subject that I met her dad. But, um... I went to high school with Seth Green's wife. Uh, cool. The but the She's red really aja, cool. the red aja are basically men are evil. They deserve zero respect or trust, and any man that can channel deserves to be. Oh wait, we can't even bring that up yet. Um. Tarvalon. Tarvalon. Tarvalon, yes. Um, w within the Aes Sedai, Tarvalon is the name of the city. The Aes Sedai is the name of the group. Is the organization. Um, You've got seven Ajas. 
They're right. I still haven't watched the Bad Batch. I've watched a few episodes. It's really good. Um, Fair enough. But the yes, so the, they are they are one of the Ajas. There are seven. They are their sole purpose will be revealed when you read it. Right, and and each each Aja has their own defining characteristic. That's not giving away any kind of story. It's just each Aja has their own defining characteristic. Um, and one that nobody believes exists. Um, well, n- no. Okay, see, now here's the thing about being touched by the Dark One. Um, the it's like okay so like we're we're talking about the white cloaks and their and their fanaticism anything that is strange to them anything that is not normal is something so, touched yeah. by the dark one like baba Boucher's I, mom right touched by the dark one is is a euphemism for uh, well in, in our society of touched by the devil, witchcraft, uh, magic. Um, yeah, it's Bobby Boucher's mama is a white cloak, right? And so, the idea that someone like Perrin exists that can speak to the wolves is obviously natural. It's unnatural, and it's touched by the dark one. Because I don't understand it. If you don't understand it, obviously it is is it is something evil. Aaron is worried that he's been touched by the dark one, and he has to actually have it, it because he doesn't understand it. And that's the concept is that if it's something you don't understand, it could it be evil? Aaron has to have it explained to him that it's not evil in and of itself. It's not evil or good. It predates the existence of a concept of a dark one. In fact, it even says that in the chapter. Um, so, it, basically, because it is a existence of man and nature as one is the closest I can come to describing it. Man and nature as one. Pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. If I were to if I were to pick a culture that would that would embody this, I would say Native American. Uh Native American or uh, Guild Wars had it with the Bjorn. Yeah, yeah. If you um, go with other non or mm, other fiction sources, uh, the right. Danes with Viking. Yeah, right, right. Um, 
And then another concept gets brought up yet again is Dark One can't touch you if you don't name him. That's the most like weird like because you think the Dark One doesn't understand the fact that when you say the Dark One you're not referring to him? Go say Bloody Mary into a mirror three times. Uh, right, right. Now, in this world, in this world, the Dark One is actually a thing, but it, it's still the concept. Concept is kind of you know ridiculous. The Dark One knows that you're you're acknowledging him by simply saying the Dark One. Shy Tad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, you good, man? Ray. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, squirrel. I'm trying to think if we've got anything else that happened in this chapter. Because this chapter was really just the escape from the, uh, from, from the white folks. Right, and, and and basically that's where where we're at right now is is we've got half the group is together. The other the, the two boys are in in um, Camelin. So now we've got two groups that are that are separated. There's one person missing, and that is our Gleeman. Um. Yes. But that's where we're left. That's that's where we're at. Um so anyway, I think we need to call this one an episode. We we've covered the whole thing. With that being said, our lovely theme music. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to the Wheel of what if you like what you heard please consider hitting that um fund me button right at the top of of our page here if you google the wheel of what you know you'll find it and beyond that if you want to check out ray check him out on the raven's nest channel it's on youtube spotify pandora all that fun jazz you can also reach out to us and uh, contact Ben for his audio engineering mastery and my podcast on the side with my better half, The Squirrel Tangent, on all of your major streaming podcasting systems. Make sure to refer us to your friend. Aloha. Hey, y'all.